Hello, dear friends. It's Carly, and welcome to another episode of the I Learned podcast. I am so glad to be here. So, so glad. I'm gonna tuck my legs up. I got my coffee. Oh, nope, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> gotta reset your way. Gotta, gotta listen to the body and get comfy, however it feels to get comfy for, for myself in this moment. And, oh, that's even a beautiful introduction to one of the many things floating around my brain is this idea of making little personalizations and customizations, little adjustments inside my life so that it is like tailor-made for me. Like, at this point <laughs> where I'm, I'm free seven days a week, right? I, I'm free to wake up each day as a clean slate and see what, see what unfolds. Just do what feels good and be present to the opportunities as they present themselves. And when I say opportunities, I mean ideas like, Hey, message that person. Hey, look up this thing on Google. Hey, take the dogs outside. Hey, maybe go, go for your yoga. That would feel nice. Make a cup of tea. That would feel nice all day long. That's how I, that's how I roll is like, Ooh, that would feel nice. That would feel nice. That would feel nice. And let that be the little carrot out in front of my face that leads me through my day. And, you know, just like there, I, I go to tuck both my legs up because like in sitting cross-legged, um, that feels comfy. That's how I start basically every episode. And I tucked up the second leg and there's something in my hip. There's kind of a couple things in the right side of my body today. Um, I'm excited to get on the mat in the, in my yoga, uh, probably earlier in the day than usual because yeah, there's a couple things present and I can't like, there is no one size fits all. Like you find this is what works for me and then repeat that every day until the end of time. It's like moment by moment awareness to what your body, what your emotions, what your mental energy, what your body energy, like what is, what is your experience of your inner world and how well are you paying attention to that? And it is interesting, um, you know, I say I have a couple things going on in the right side of my body. I also have some like anxiety things, like not anything huge. I, it's not big at all. Um, but like Scooby's paw, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, uh, she, the sidewalk bit her toe off. She like randomly is like running a few feet on the sidewalk and all of a sudden like her pinky toenail is ripped off and she's bleeding everywhere. And so that was healing really well. And then she tried to Superman it up the deck steps and she basically impaled herself against the deck steps. And I think kind of like hit that again and Yesterday, I thought it looked infected and almost instantly I'm like worried, you know, like, oh my God, am I going to have to amputate her leg? 
you know, this, you just jump ahead to, to where the worst has happened. I don't know if anybody else does that. Maybe I'm all by myself here. Um, that was sarcasm. I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, but it's interesting how even just a little bit of worry, I feel like can get going so fast if we're not present to wait, 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 wait a second, Carly, like before you run away with, you know, catastrophizing Scooby's sore toe turning into, you know, like the worst, um, maybe just like take a second and be present to how much, how much of this experience in this moment is directly related to what I'm observing in this moment and how much of what I'm experiencing in this moment is because of the energy that is already present within me. And one of, again, one of the other things floating around my brain, I have no doubt this whole episode is just going to be like one giant Gemini brain dump just bouncing from thing to thing because it's been like three days since I've recorded. And yeah, that's long compared to the rhythm I was in there. And if anything, these last few days, I have been like diving deep. I have been listening to hours and hours of audiobooks, different ones that I've been switching between and really enjoying connecting, like gathering all of this information. Um, and now I feel like my brain is full. Uh, so I want to, you know, dump it all out like one thing at a time. Um, and okay, well, I don't, I don't know if this was where I was going, but this, it works just as well. Um, maybe it was the same, who knows? But one of the pieces that I have in my brain right now is this presence to the energy in our body that we're carrying around with us. And yes, this is where I was going. It's the idea of being triggered. Uh, triggered, I feel like has a bit of a negative connotation wrapped around it. Um, just meaning that often, most of the time, when you hear the word triggered, it's said from a triggered place, you know, not to be redundant in my definition, but like, it's a, it's like treated like it's a bad thing. Um, and I don't share that same belief. So I wanted to take some time to like unpack this. And I think it's interesting that, you know, I don't share that belief. I think when we get triggered, it's somebody that happens to press a button that that button is part of our system. We are the ones that have a system that includes that button. And at any time, I mean, we are the ultimate mechanics of our system. So you can go and un unwire, disconnect the wire from that button, and then nobody can push it ever again. So like, that's how I look at triggers is like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> you found a button. Good for you. Here's your prize. And now I'm going to go and figure out what I need to do to unhook the wire from this button, AKA heal this wound. This, this trigger is pain that is unchecked in my system. And somebody triggering me is them shining a spotlight or holding up a mirror 
and reflecting to me the pain that I am carrying around as part of my energetic system. We are not always aware of what's in there because maybe it's been in there so long. It's just normal. It's just how it is. Like you can't even imagine life without that pain because who would you be without that pain? And so I thought it was interesting that I was scrolling through YouTube this morning and one of the one of the videos caught my attention just because I was kind of already in this headspace. And it was, I don't know how to say his name 100%, Eckhart Tolle, I think, Eckhart Tolle. It's in the description and the link to the video is there too if you want to check it out. Um, I am not super familiar with a lot of his work. I've seen quotes on Pinterest and I'm familiar with his concepts and I have many of them saved, but him as a presenter and as a, as a speaker up until now, I haven't been resonant with him and his delivery. I just, I don't connect to it. I can't, can't really latch into it, but the video I watched this morning that's in the description, um, that one I definitely heard and I clicked into it because the title of the video is how do I keep from being triggered? I think is how it's phrased. I, I could be a little bit off, but that was the gist of it, which basically I'm saying, no, 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 you don't want to keep from being triggered. You want to be triggered. You want that experience because that experience is showing you that there's unchecked pain that you're carrying around with you. And when somebody triggers you, they're bringing that pain to the surface because you have the, to the tools to heal it. So use your tools and heal it and it'll never rise to the surface again. So that's the idea that I subscribe to is like more of a self-empowered, like we want to be triggered because it shows us where we still need to heal. So when I see his video is I mean, it's like a Q&A session that he did. So like that question of how do I keep from being triggered? That was an audience member's question. That wasn't his point. Um, and I loved the way he answered it. Um, and one of, one of the takeaways that was just, I mean, this whole concept of the ego, the way he describes the ego and from listening to Abraham uh, and the way she talks about it, which has always resonated deeply with me, you know, ego is another word that has a pretty negative connotation around it. And a lot of people, you know, want to release the ego or want to heal the ego or want to, you know, whatever, because it's bad. Like it's a source of problems. It's something that we have to get rid of because it causes us problems. And again, I look at it kind of the opposite way and Eckhart Tolle does too, apparently. And I really, I loved his explanation in this video of like, ego is not, it's not bad. It's, it's everything that's unconscious within us. That's what our ego is. And so when we are in a moment of getting triggered and a whole different side of us rises up and reacts in maybe an angry way or an aggressive way. Like, and that side of us feels like totally foreign, like it just takes over and we have no control in that moment. And it feels foreign to us. It's not foreign. It's just all of that, that that's what you keep in your subconscious. That's what you keep in your unconscious where 
we have the choice of what do you want to pay attention to and what do you want to push out of your mind? And he made a good point about our pain body, which I've never heard anybody talk about a pain body before, but the, the visualization works. I think, um, pain body it's, it's the energetic grid inside of your body that registers pain and sends those signals and that most of us run from pain. And so naturally our pain body exists in our unconscious, in our ego, because we don't want to pay attention to it. We want to pop some painkillers. We want to numb it out. We want to turn away from it and, you know, distract ourselves or just get back to positive thinking. Just don't even think about that. Um, that's too complicated. Like I can't even imagine trying to live up to, you know, this idea in my world. So I'm just going to push it back down. Anything that we are not willing to face that is existing in our unconscious, in our ego. And like what he's saying is if we make our pain body conscious, if we, instead of running away from our pain, if we look at pain as an invitation to healing, to a deeper awareness of what is present within us. If we understand that being triggered is just somebody holding up a mirror to show us our own pain in a way where we can really see it because we weren't looking at it before. That doesn't mean that that person brought us the pain. That means that we were holding it. We were refusing to look at it and then they held up a mirror and now we can actually see that it's there. And because we can see it, we can feel it and we can heal it. The one of the many books that I've been listening to lately is called The Book of Water uh, by Stephen Forrest. I think his name is I I'll, I'll link it in the in the comments as well. Um, I'm not much of a reader like with my eyeballs, um, but I do enjoy audiobooks quite a bit, quite a little bit. So I have an Audible account and basically it's, I don't know, like maybe $15 a month and they give you a new credit each month. And there for a long time, I hadn't spent my credit. So here recently I got to like spend six credits and got six new audiobooks and I've been really enjoying soaking them up. And one of them called The Book of Water. Uh, he also has, which I've also bought and but haven't started yet, he has the Book of Fire, the Book of Air, and the Book of Earth, and along with some other astrology books. And in this Book of Water, he covers the three water signs, uh, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, along with their houses, meaning the fourth house, the eighth house, and the twelfth house are ruled by those three signs, and the ruling planets of each of those signs, like the uh, Cancer is ruled by the moon. Scorpio used to be ruled by Mars, is now ruled by Pluto, so it talks through both of those. Pisces used to be ruled by Jupiter and is now ruled by Neptune, so it talks through both of those as well. And oh my gosh, like anybody who's into astrology at all, like the way that he describes things and his stories and his, like, obviously it's a book, so it's not him actually reading it out loud, but. Um, his content, oh, it just makes so much sense. It's such a pleasure to listen to. And in that book, um, where was I going with this? Oh, yes. The very first quote I wrote out of, yes, out of this book, when I very first started it, he introduces 
the water element, the water energy, meaning our emotions, our intuition, our connection with source, um, that this is where soul level healing happens. So every single element that we are all, you know, we're all made of all four elements, uh, water, fire, earth, and air. Every one of those elements serves a different purpose and you don't have to indulge your water energy per se. That's not required by any means at all. But if you are reaching for soul level healing, your water energy is how you get there. And what that means is facing your emotional body, your probably your pain body, (laughs) like what's in there? What are you feeling? And that the, okay, so the quote that I wrote down, um, healing begins with feeling. We cannot heal what we cannot feel. So that is why if things are unconscious, if we are unwilling to face them, then you cannot heal them. The very first step to healing a wound is feeling the pain associated with it. And the reason that we push it away, which I think is a universal response to pain, is because sometimes the pain is too much for our system and we go into shock, you know, like we detach from it. And that is a survival instinct. That's a survival mechanism. So we can't beat ourselves up for all of the times that we pushed things away and we detached from our pain because we were surviving. We were getting through it. And that is a skill all by itself. And honestly, we can thank our air energy for protecting us and our minds and our ability to be cognizant and survive. Um, The ability to detach from our emotions can be good for our survival. And if you want to heal your soul, you cannot detach from your emotions. You have to go in there. You have to get in the water. You have to put on your mermaid suit and swim around in there, you know, like do some journaling how do I feel? What's present? What's triggering me? Did anything set me off today? Um, any, any of those kinds of things, any spikes in your emotions will be helpful for identifying what emotional energy is present within you. And back when I started practicing this, because I definitely have not always, um, I was, I was more so on the routine of way overdo it and then burn out and be dormant for like a month or two. And then I have energy again because I rested for a couple months and I didn't do anything and and now really, really go and overdo it again and then burn out. And that was where I was. And along with the burnout stage is a mild depression where I felt like I'm lazy, I'm not productive, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. And so while I'm resting, I'm also kind of beating up on myself. So you see like it's not totally restful like when you're when you're reading up on yourself that's not really rest in the purest sense of the word um so that was more where i was and since i started practicing this emotional awareness or this allowing of my emotional energy to be present in my world um it's like there's so much more balance there's so much more sustainability in my energy where 
at first uh, facing these things, it was like slowly letting the air out of a balloon that was about to pop, that had gotten so full that it had popped on multiple occasions. And now it's this big, huge balloon about to pop. And at the very beginning, it was just a matter of like letting a tiny little bit more air out of the balloon, just relieve a little bit of stress, find just the tiniest feeling of relief from any pain and any pain in my system didn't matter which one. If I could just get a tiny bit of relief, I'm doing what I need to be doing. And now where, you know, it didn't take long, a month or two or three to let the air completely out of the balloon and like be in a neutral place where my emotions are in check because I've worked with them every day for like a hundred days at this point, you know, um, a few months into it and you got a hundred days of consciously paying attention and that's a life changing amount of time. So it's, it doesn't take long before you're not at a stage where the balloon's about to explode and you're trying to not let it explode. You get back to this stage where you try to not put any air in the balloon you know, the balloon is there. It can capture a lot of like, like I said, sometimes detaching from our emotions is good, is, is the best possible answer in a certain situation is to detach. I believe that. I believe that there are cases where that is true. And, and when you detach from your emotions, picture that every single moment that you're detached, that emotional energy that you're not receiving is filling up that balloon. So how long you wait to go and check in with your emotions is how big the balloon is going to be when you get there. And I was in the practice, you know, before I started checking in daily, I was in the practice of basically just letting the balloon explode. And that's how I knew that I needed to take some care of myself Um, because now I'm crashed out and I can't do anything because I let my balloon explode. So now I need a minute to rebuild. And that's obviously being reactive, not proactive. So I realized that I had gotten really comfortable of like managing my life, hovering at this place of like trying to not let the balloon explode. Like that was my idea of self-care was like not letting the balloon explode. And at this point from where I'm standing let's call it five years later, it is so much more about like, how about we don't let the balloon get any bigger than like a pumpkin, than like a beach ball. Like that's plenty. That's, that's maybe a day, maybe two. We can, we can go without checking in with our, with our balloon and the air that has, you know, the water energy that has now filled up the balloon because we weren't receiving it um, a day or two. That's about all I can tolerate before the balloon is so big, it's heavy and it's distracting me in my life. It's now pulling the balance off in my life because I've let it get so big instead of processing through that energy that wants to flow and stacking up energy that wants to flow and not letting it flow. Like that's where these pains in my, in my body, I think have come from this, like in my right side today that I'm feeling, I think I was like so worried about my dog and that worry specifically stops my knowing of my dog's well-being. 
while I'm worried about my dog, I don't know that her well-being is dominant and eternal and she is totally fine. No matter what happens with her paw, she is completely fine. And while I'm worried, I don't know that. I'm pinching myself off from her well-being. And that doesn't mean that her well-being isn't still flowing to her. That means that now I'm creating a rough ride for myself. And I'm cutting myself off from trusting in the universe and trusting in that everything is unfolding for the highest good. Everything is always working out for me. When I'm worried about my dog's paw, it I'm not knowing that well-being is dominant. I can't worry and know that at the same time. And to me, this this pain in my shoulder especially is drawing my attention to the fact that I have some energy inside of me that is getting in the way. It's creating an energy block. And that's why I have this pinch in my shoulder. That is my understanding, at least. Um, And I think it's interesting that this brought up a whole memory of like appreciation and gratitude. And it's kind of an interesting story because it's definitely not all good. The beginning of it was my mom and I got um, rear-ended in our car at a stoplight. We were stopped with a few other cars and a teenager coming up behind us did not see the stop sign, did not, or stoplight, did not see the line of cars that were already stopped. Um, I can only imagine how something like this happened, Um, but they rear-ended us going 40 miles an hour, and it threw us both forward, and thankfully we were both wearing our seatbelts, and it threw us both back because the seatbelt caught us and threw us back, and when I hit the seat, I felt something in between my shoulder blades pop. And my body was like totally stiff. I could not turn my head. I could not like nod my head. I couldn't use my arms. I was just completely stiff. Um, It was so miserable. And this is like a baby version of that. And it does come back every once in a while. Um, And that is not the end of the story. Obviously, I told you this is a happy story because this morning when I wake up and I have this little twinge in my shoulder, my first thought is not poor, pitiful me at all. My first thought is, okay, so I know how to heal a, like a feeling like this. I know how to work out an injury in this place because of the physical therapy that I did after that car accident. Um, I went to a chiropractor who was great. He was like a sports medicine guy and was like a physical therapist also. And so it was like a very wide combination of things that he did um, on my back after that. And one of the main ones was a set of like 20 exercises that he wanted me to do like twice a day. And you know, uh, me, like just in general, like Taurus rising Carly, like does not want to be told what to do, especially when it includes physical activity. Um, really not a fan. And the thing was, I was in so much pain. I was going to do anything that needed to be done to get rid of this pain. Like whatever you want me to do, I'll participate. I'll do everything. Um, and so he gave me this set of 20 exercises. It took me about 15 minutes to do it. It was super quick, super easy, went by really fast and it felt so good. It felt so good on my back. 
And several of those exercises I use now almost every single day to keep my upper back really loose and feeling good. I've continued to do those exercises to, to keep the keep those muscles relaxed as much as they can be. I do hold a lot of tension in my shoulders. Um, and that has become a more powerful outcome than the pain itself. Like basically with that story, when I think about that story, my go-to is how grateful I am to know how to do those exercises. Like I love that I know how to do those because now anytime I feel pain in my upper back, which I did before sometimes also, because like I said, I carry a lot of tension up there. The car accident didn't really do that. I already was holding a lot of tension there. The car accident just brought attention to the fact that it is not helpful to be holding a lot of tension in your body anywhere and especially right here. So what that car accident did was put me on this path of connecting with this, um, with this chiropractor guy and learning these physical therapy type exercises that I have continued to practice. And even this morning when I woke up with this in my back, I did several of those because you can do them seated at your desk. Um, and then there's some different ones that like one of them that is my favorite. You take a tennis ball and you put it on the wall, uh, between like you and, um, like your between your spine and your shoulder blade, like right in that little area of muscle and put the ball right there and then lean up against it on the wall and just roll up and down. Oh my God, it's the best. It's so the best. Um, but yeah, like I'm not sassy or salty about the car accident at all. Um, I'm so grateful that I know how to do those exercises so that when I have built up tension in my body, I know how to get it out. I know how to heal myself and relieve the pressure of that built up energy. And I love that I am becoming more and more and more conscious of my pain body, of the pain that's present and not just stuffing it and letting it build up in a balloon that then I think it's normal to just try to keep the balloon from exploding. Like that was my normal for so long. And I can't believe, I mean, like it was what it was. I needed to go through every single bit of it to get to where I am, to be who I am. And I love who I am. So, I mean, that's my pivot to appreciate everything I went through, but it is so much nicer where I am now, where the balloon doesn't ever even reach 10% capacity, let alone redlining at about to explode. Like that's not who I am anymore. And all of it wasn't like, I used to think I'm just a negative person. I'm just a bitchy person. I'm just a unhappy person. I was looking up personality types like melancholy because I'm like, oh, that's just who I am. I'm just I just exist in this negative space and that wasn't true. I was ignoring my pain body. I was ignoring all of this energy that wanted to flow through me. I wasn't giving conscious space to any of it and it was clogging up my system and the effect was massive anxiety, 
uh, deep, deep, deep depression, feelings of worthlessness, of hopelessness, of complete lack of joy. And when you're in that space, you're like, what the fuck am I even here for? Like, why am I living? Why am I doing this to myself? Um, and that was the breaking point. Like, I'm no longer willing to live like this. I'm going to live a happy life or I'm not going to live at all. And that was the moment for me of committing to this work, this work of being happy. That's my work. That is my soul's work on this planet is to be happy and to demonstrate what that looks like. Demonstrate that every single experience that we go through can help us evolve our soul. Did you get rear-ended at the, at the stoplight by some kid not paying attention? How do you want to feel about that? You can be mad about it. You can hold on to that anger then and tell that story about this pain is because of that. You can stay in that phase for as long as you want. And trust me, I was plenty mad. I was I was livid because I was hurt like instantly. And that just pisses me off because this is a giant slowdown in my life. Now I have to take the time to heal. What a fucking a-hole. Like I was so mad. But at some point you realize the truth of the matter is this pain is inside of me. So do I want to just keep talking about it or do I want to try to heal it and do what I can to participate in my own healing? Um, and I did. I, I do not like to be in pain. I like to feel good and I like harmony in my world. And when you're in pain, the harmony suffers. <laughs> it suffers because now I'm mad about everything. Um, and that's just, oh my gosh, I thought that that was normal. I really did. I thought this is who I am. This is my identity. This is like, I identified with people like Sylvia Plath I'm like, I'm like, I'm just, you know, the next Sylvia Plath. Like I'm meant to be miserable and I'm going to write this really beautiful, deep, dark things and express from this like deep, dark, hurtful, full of pain and anguish place. Like I just thought that that was my fate. And while I still am in this deep, dark place, it no longer feels that way because I'm allowing my energy to move inside of me, mostly, you know, like the pain in my shoulder right now tells me like, hey, guess what? You still have some some learning to do, some practicing to do. And I'm like, okay, cool. I wouldn't want to get bored. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a fun few days of learning so many things. Um, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface yet on all of the things that I feel like are built up in my brain that I want to tell you about. Um, but one of the things that I do want to make sure I get in here is the title is blue moons, um, because there are very rarely a blue moon. I think it happens about every two and two thirds years, um, 2.6 years. And that's why you have the saying once in a blue moon, because it is rare. And I guess there are excuse me, actual blue moons, like where you look at it and the color of the moon is blue. And that has to do with like smoke from a volcano. I think you can Google it. Um, why does the moon turn blue sometimes? And Google will tell you the answer. I think that's what it was, but really like a blue moon, as far as astrology is concerned, uh, is just the second full moon within a 30 day cycle. Um, and that happens because like 
technically there's 13 lunar cycles in a year thereabouts. And so every once in a while, every 2.6 years, it works out to where there are two full moons inside of that 30 day period. Um, so I want to read from this uh, article that was posted on Astro Matrix. It is a free app that you can download out of the app store and you fill in your like natal chart details like your birthday, birth time and location. And then if you allow it to give you push notifications, it'll tell you um, like this article is about the the blue moon, the second Aquarius full moon within a 30 day cycle. Um, they put that on there and just telling you like, what does this full moons already have so much, um, metaphor and concept and energizing effect of their own. And then depending on which sign it's in, uh, and the fact that there was an Aquarius full moon and then there was another Aquarius full moon, like back to back, like that has its own implication. So I'm going to read, uh, from this article, highly recommend the Astro Matrix app if you do not have it already and you are at all into astrology. So in our personal lives, this full moon is one that has us reflecting on our own social circles, our duty to society and our sense of freedom and individuality. Because of the great benefactor Jupiter's proximity, there's an air of optimism and excitement. Jupiter has retrograded back to Aquarius for a reason, to wrap up loose ends and make sure that we have integrated the lessons we have grappled with this year so far. He's also making sure that we put our philosophies into practice. The final degree of any astrological sign, uh, in this case Aquarius, has a, has a special name. It's called an anoretic degree. It just means the last uh, anoretic just means the last degree of any astrological sign. It has an air of urgency and crisis. We need to collectively make a final push for release in whichever area of life is reflecting to us as important right now. Anoretic degrees can reflect weakness where we may be torn in two different directions. We will be tempted to take dynamic and decisive action now, but we need to not be too hasty and make sure we have time to consider our options. We may even be able to let go of issues that have been building up for months or even years. But let's not leap into decisions just yet and see what this full moon brings with it. Let's cleave closer to our tribe and join hands with our fellow man rather than developing a God complex. Aquarius's shadow can be the know-it-all and there's much that we do not know right now that shall be revealed. They don't say once in a blue moon for nothing. I love this. I love um, where it says about something about our individuality. Yes, uh, has us reflecting on our own social circles, our duty to society, and our sense of freedom and individuality. And this second full moon is here, the second full moon in Aquarius is here to help us make sure that we're integrating and putting these philosophies into practice of whatever lessons we've been learning so far this year. And 
I don't know about you, but like my lessons this year have been about my authenticity, my authentic self, my individuality, and recognizing that, knowing it for what it is, and prioritizing it as important in my life. That is what I've been learning this year. And so to hear that this full moon is all about putting that into practice and making sure that you're living from a place of having those lessons integrated, not just knowing them, but being them. Um, That is super exciting. That feels like they don't say once in a blue moon for nothing. Like I'm definitely feeling that energy of expansion and aliveness and like anything is possible. Like how the Jupiter, Jupiter is this big benevolent, uh, just meaning like Jupiter showers us with blessings. It brings forth all the opportunities for expansion. Um, and as we've talked about with expansion, with growth, can come loss. So Jupiter, even though it's bringing blessings, those blessings may mean that you have to let go of your old self in order to upgrade to the person who is a vibrational match to those blessings that are coming. So Jupiter is bringing forth massive blessings for society right now, really. And those of us who are processing our emotional energy, who are swimming in those emotional waters, we are going through a process right now of lightening our load and chipping away at the pieces of resistance that we're carrying so that we can rise, our vibration can rise, and we can be those vibrational matches to those blessings that Jupiter is bringing. Um, Jupiter is the historic ruler of Pisces. So even though right now Jupiter is retrograded into Aquarius, it is about to station direct and, um, that's coming soon ish. Uh, and then it will go back through the last stages of Aquarius and it will move back into Pisces and Jupiter in Pisces brings divine spiritual expansion divine opportunities for connecting with our soul's gifts, our soul's contacts, our soul's opportunity to come forth and do what it came forward to do. Um, Such blessings and opportunities for that spiritual expansion coming when Jupiter makes its pass back into Pisces. Uh, So all of this comes together in this super optimistic mindset that is there. It's floating in these emotional waters of all of this work that all of us are doing to chip away the resistance and to let our cork float a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that doesn't mean that sometimes we don't still get pulled back down into a place of anxiety or feeling less than our, you know, best and brightest self, uh, we can still get bogged down and distracted and clogged up by the situations in life. And really that's, if we can look at it as that, as a distraction, as a clog, then it's easy peasy to just turn back inward and do your energy work, tend to the energy that's caught in that balloon that hasn't been tended to let the air out of the balloon by processing one piece at a time. Um, the one, yeah, one piece at a time. That's really all we can ever do. And it feels like such a time of walking the walk. Like, like this whole year, we've been learning these lessons around embracing our truth and embracing our authentic selves. And now it's an opportunity to integrate 
and walk the walk in a way that says to the universe, I know my shit. I learned these lessons this year and I know not only the lesson itself, but I understand how to implement it in a practical way. And that brings me to this next piece that I really want to share because yesterday, um, which this feels like so long ago yesterday, it's crazy. Uh, in the very early, early hours of yesterday, we had the full moon in Aquarius, that blue, the blue moon. And that's why it feels so long ago, because really the moon has looked full for like a couple days now. Um, if you went to bed on the 22nd, that was technically the full moon also, even though it wasn't fully full until like early morning of August 23rd. And then in the afternoon-ish, I didn't look up the exact time, uh, the sun moved into Virgo. So the sun has been in Leo these last four weeks or so. And now since yesterday afternoon, the sun has moved on into Virgo and it'll stay here until, uh, the 22nd or 23rd of September. And this is from an article that is also in the description why it appears on the sports page of Yahoo. I'll never know, but that is where it was. I just Googled, when does the sun move into Virgo and found this. It had the whole thing was very good. It was very long and thorough and entertaining and everything. Uh, this is just the last paragraph though. You can look forward to a variety of transformative moments. And they're talking about during these next four weeks of the sun being in Virgo. Anytime an earth signs season begins, it enhances the positive side of transformative Pluto. Currently in cardinal earth sign Capricorn, amplifying your ability to step into your power and burn down whatever is no longer serving you in order to create something new and satisfying. On August 26th, a messenger, no, no, no. On, <laughs> on August 26th, messenger Mercury trines Pluto, strengthening your ability to propose a plan for making dreams a reality. And on September 16th, the confident sun does the same making this a moment for taking the reins and moving toward fulfillment of a deep desire. Virgo is the mutable earth sign, so it is very good at adapting and managing the details that go into practical application and making something a reality. Pluto, it talks about, which I have uh, an episode, I think that's the anger episode, that might have been what it was called. Um, but there's an episode where I talk about Pluto in some detail that basically I've heard it, I've heard it referred to in two different ways. One is that it is the soul. One is that it's the wound of the soul. And a bridge between the two is that basically if you understand souls in general, you understand that every single soul is wounded. So inherently, if you're talking about a soul, it will include a wound of some sort. So the two are really more alike than they're different. So that's a little bit about what Pluto represents in our birth chart. Um, but it, it basically comes down to a transformative energy. There's like the Phoenix rising from the ashes, like the Phoenix being burned down into nothing but ash and then a whole new being being born of those ashes. That is the essence of Pluto. So when it says uh, that this is a time where 
we are amplifying our ability to step into our power and burn down whatever is no longer serving us in order to create something new and satisfying. That is the essence of with growth comes loss, right? When when we move forward into a truer version of who we are, we inherently have to say goodbye to our old self or even our current self, you know, depending exactly where we are in that process. And that's Pluto's job is to push us towards burning down the stuff that doesn't work so that there is a clean slate to build something that does suit our soul. When we ask ourselves over and over again, what does our soul want? Sometimes we build things in our lives that are not a reflection of our soul. They're a reflection of our conditioning, of our programming, of what other people are doing, what we think we should be doing because this is what my ancestors did before me. However, it was that you decided to build something that wasn't a true reflection of your soul during these earth seasons, like when the sun moves through an earth sign like this right now, where the sun is moving through Virgo, it's a time to burn down what is no longer working for us, meaning what is not a true fit. So if there is any loss or any adjustment or tweaking of your world at this time to realign you in a different direction, I invite you to open up and trust your soul is working in this space of burning down the things that are only standing in your way. If you lose something in this season, trust that it was only standing in your way. And your soul is so devoted to you and the intentions that you set forth when you came here that your soul is not going to let anything stand in your way. So if it has to burn some things down so that there's the space to create the you that you meant to be, your soul is willing to do that. And we make ourselves, you know, like I'm talking about with Scooby and her paw and me worrying about it. We're the ones that pinch ourselves off from what our soul is really here to do. We pinch ourselves off from the well-being that's dominant. And even when we're practicing really opening up and really allowing our own energy to flow, there will still be times where we hit a contrasting moment where it's an even more challenging opportunity to practice trusting the well-being. When it comes to my dog, I take that pretty seriously. I'm pretty invested in the outcome, pretty tied to the outcome of her being healthy. So me trying to control the outcome of her being healthy and guarantee that she's healthy and okay, that is the angst. That's the worry. That's the me trying to control it instead of me allowing the energy to flow. Her well-being is natural. It will flow. Me trying to demand that her well-being flow stops the well-being from flowing. So for me, this, and I trust you too, like this isn't new information, but this is like the circling around the same lessons over and over and over and over on a deeper and deeper and deeper level, this trusting in the flow of the universe, trusting in the things that come into our lives and the things that exit our lives, whether that thing chose to make its own exit or we choose to 
make an exit from it. Either way, that's our soul working in our life. And we can demand our own well-being or we can trust that that's what our soul is doing. And we can allow our natural dominant well-being to flow. We can allow our cork to float. We can allow our inner being to constantly line up circumstances that prove to us just how tuned in we really are. And that is where I'm going to hop over to a new recording because I have some tarot cards to share with you. So before I dive into the cards I pulled to share with you on this reading, I did want to tell a little story about me and the cards yesterday um, that was such a beautiful, beautiful unfolding of kind of really the basis of the message I want to share with you that I think these cards um, really, really demonstrate. So yesterday I had a private coaching session with uh, a new client. It's her second session. And for anybody interested in my private coaching sessions, you can email me at owningauthenticity at gmail.com to find out more information about that. But how I go into these sessions each time, um, whether we're looking at your natal chart or your human design chart, uh, I let my gut or my intuition uh, let me like be a magnet into the person's chart because there's so many places we could go. And I know that I want to be of the highest value that I can in any of these sessions. I mean, I trust that my clients are investing their time and I want to make the most of that time with them. And so I trust that my inner being and source with their broad, their broad view, broad perspective can do a way better job of lining up the details than I can. And that my job is more to allow it to all come together. So a few days ago, uh, several days ago at this point, I spent my credits, like I told you, maybe this was like a week ago. Uh, and I, one of the books that I got was the book of water. And I only got that one just to try it out before I bought all four of them. Um, I have since bought all four of them because they're so good. Um, but the book of water and I didn't start listening to it. That wasn't the point. It was just like, Ooh, this looks interesting. So I put it in my library and downloaded it. So it was like ready to listen to when I was ready to listen to it. And then a couple days ago, I was inspired to pull up my client's chart and look at it to lean into where do I want to go next? Because in our first session, we talked about her sun, her moon, and her rising. And just those three pieces, which for her is in two different signs because she has her moon and her rising in the same sign. So we focused on those two different signs. And normally where I would go next is to the second piece that happens to be in one of those same signs. And that didn't feel right. Cause I was like, no, I want to, I want to expand. I want to branch out into more of her chart, more of these different energies. And I feel like staying in that same energy is going to not be maximizing this time. And so I knew that I needed to branch out, which was getting off script. That's not how I do it. I would normally go to this next piece next. And so I needed to open back up. And when I opened back up, my eye instantly went to her Saturn in cancer. 
And I start looking at that Saturn and what it's talking to in her natal chart. And it is talking to her placements in Scorpio and her placements in Pisces. And then I notice, holy freaking shit, she's like 40% water energy. And this is exactly where we have to go. We need to get into this water energy side of her because that, I mean, her picture can't be complete if we don't bring this in. And it just was instantly like, oh gosh, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited to talk to her about our water energy. So I went from, I don't know what I'm going to do to, yes, this is the right answer. It just kind of came through me. I looked at it. That's where my eye went. I trust that that's what I need to do. And so I ran with that. And uh, yesterday morning before her session, I prepared slides uh, for her because I also, you know, go with my gut as far as like, does the person want to look at the chart and learn from the chart and study the chart and know how to read the chart? Or does the person just want the information? And so she's one that just wants the information and I'm totally cool with that. So I'm working on my slides. I get them all together. I'm feeling really good about them. And then I... Well, and as I'm doing her slides, I get the idea, ooh, since I'm going to talk about her cancer and her Scorpio uh, for the session yesterday, I'm going to start the Book of Water. And that's the order that they do the Book of Water in, is like the first sign they talk about is cancer, and then the second sign they talk about is Scorpio, and then they talk about Pisces, and then they start going into the houses. And it was so beautiful the way that all of it tied together with like, I knew that this was the right thing to take her into her water energy. And then here's this book just waiting for me to be played yesterday morning, uh, that can give me this whole new perspective, just like getting to listen through his eyes and his ears and his experience was so fascinating on taking my understanding of each of these three water signs even deeper, uh, which felt so good. And right before the session started, I got the last minute idea to also pull some tarot cards for her um, to see if like if there were cards that can help put this into context. And I let's see, how did I phrase that? I said, what message would she benefit most from at this time? And because of what these three cards were, um, it basically set the stage for everything that I wanted to talk to her about, about her water energy, because the three cards were Major Arcana 18, the moon, which I included in a couple episodes ago. The moon card is all about our emotions and going inward into our emotions uh, for the healing powers that can be unlocked by doing that. Um, the second card was the five of cups, which is all about disillusionment and letting go of the future path that you thought you were working towards and releasing things that no longer serve you so that you can be open and a clean slate for what does serve you and what is a soul match for who you are and what you're trying to do. And then the last one is Major Arcana 1, The Magician, which is all about our powers of manifestation, which if you listen to Abraham, if you listen to me talk about Abraham, you know that our powers of manifestation exist by following our emotional guidance system. So all of these things like point right back to our emotions and the infinite wisdom that is present when we will listen to our emotions and the intuition, you know, intuition is, 
it's powerful. It's powerful at cutting through all the layers of bullshit and clarifying what's what, what's true. Our intuitive voice is, I mean, my intuition is my most trusted source on anything in the whole world. (laughs) because I trust my inner being. I trust that my inner being is an extension of source energy. And I trust that anything coming through my intuition is to serve my highest good and the highest good of all. And as I, as I joined the session with my client yesterday, I, you know, like I always do invite her to share like where is she? How have the last couple weeks gone? What's new? What's unfolding? And she did. She took the opportunity to fill me in on kind of what had come up and what she was processing and what's at the forefront of her mind. And even better than the three tarot cards I drew, her intro laid the groundwork, was the perfect setting of the perfect stage so that everything that I had prepared, the tarot cards and the slides that I had put together, could sit so perfectly and harmoniously and impactfully upon the foundation that she laid in those first 15 minutes of conversation back and forth. It was just such the perfect segue into the tarot cards. And so when I read her the tarot cards, those are so powerful because she is like right there ready for this message. And then we get into her chart and understanding her unique water energy and what that looks like in her life and how it's playing out and what patterns are working and what's not working and how, how do we get it more of the time to work out for her? Um, to where more of the time she's feeling empowered and in control of her emotions and her intuition. And all of that just flowed together so perfectly. And at the end, she's telling me like, this is exactly what I needed. This is exactly what I was reaching for. This is exactly the message that I was ready to hear. And it all came together like with this just giant bow on top at the end of like all of these pieces that had flowed through my intuition, like one piece at a time, I trusted that my inner being is an extension of source energy. Her inner being is also an extension of source energy. So if I trust my inner being, I'm trusting that my inner being and her inner being are on the same page. I can trust that my inner being knows what is going to serve her the best. What, how can I be of the most value to her in this session? And leave it up to my intuition to guide me as far as what do you want me to do? How, let me be the vessel and you lead the way. And that's exactly what I did. And those cards, the, the specific pieces of her chart that we were talking about, like she had just had like a bad mood day, uh, on Sunday and then Monday was our session. So it was like perfect timing to get into her water energy and, that powerful energy that's flowing and how do we manage it such that we feel like we're riding on top of that powerful wave instead of being crushed underneath it. So just, it was so, so powerful. And I got off that call and this is really the heart of the story, (laughs) you know, 10 minutes later, long story short. Um, I got off that call And I literally like laughed out loud and with volume was like, that was so fucking fun. That was so fun. And I just like celebrated in my office for a minute because it was so fun to watch how much she connected with 
what my intuition proposed we look at, you know, like I want so deeply to be of the most value to the people who come to me and at her and I's first session, my impulse was to ask her her input on like, what should we talk about? What should we do? And last time the knowing came to me as I was reaching for her to tell me what to do, I'm like, her inner being and my inner being are both hooked up through source. So like, maybe I could just trust my intuition to give me the right answer. So I practiced that way last time for her and I's first session. And then this time practiced it a little bit more and felt a little bit more confident in that approach. And when I got off the call, I was replaying just like the look on her face and the light in her eyes and the hopefulness, the shift that she made from the beginning in that first share to the hopefulness in her aura as we ended our time. And she was so excited to try some of the things that we had talked about. And I just kept replaying like the impact that it had on her and that I helped co-create that shift for her. And It was so powerful and intoxicating and just so delicious. And so I turn to my cards and I say, what can I understand about? No, no, no. That was before. Which, yeah, that was before. I said, what can I understand about myself to be most, to be of most value to her at our session this morning? And those cards were so helpful. Um, One of them was basically said like, when there's conflict or competition, when someone's challenging what you're saying, look at it as an opportunity to hone your craft and better your methods and further develop your experience and expertise and use it as a way to get better. Don't see it as an attack. Use it as a way to get better. And then she is such a, I love working with her because she's such a fun combination of aspects. She's such a nurturer, but she's also very outspoken. Like she has a voice and she will tell you when some, like she's like sitting there, like nodding her head, shaking her head. No, like not resonating with what I'm saying. And I'm like, I love that she's so expressive and so tuned in with what resonates and what doesn't. And it let me see exactly like the card said, like, don't take it as an attack, take it as an opportunity to explain it in a different way or, you know, hone my craft and get better at reading my audience and connecting with them where they are. And all of that, like it was so powerful then to, to have that understanding because I do have a tendency to take things personally. And there was none of that in her and I's session. It was only like every time she didn't resonate, it was an opportunity to just explain it in a different way or pull in a different example. And the amount of resonance that we had built up by the end of it was truly something to behold. So then at the end of our session, I asked, what are my main takeaways from this? And the cards I got were Major Arcana 19, The Sun, which is all about like shining your individual essence. Like we are each literally the sun and our individuality is something to behold. And I absolutely felt that I felt the living of my purpose in her and I's session. Um, and it was very delicious. Uh, the second card I got was the eight of cups and that is a powerful, like transformative moment of releasing the past to make way for the future of letting go of 
who you used to be, the old outdated stuff, so that there's a blank slate for who you are now, who you're becoming. You're walking towards your future. You're not looking at your past. You're letting go of all of that. And that felt really good. Um, and then the last card was the devil, Major Arcana 15, which I've built my relationship with that card to mean that I'm caring what other people think. And that flipped something in that whole experience for me that I realized as I'm gushing and soaking up how delicious that experience was to have that session with her in my mind's eye as I'm finding joyful moments, I'm picturing her joy. I'm picturing her emotional shift. I'm picturing her enjoyment and satisfaction with the process. And I realized like none of that is me picturing my own joy my own satisfaction with the process. And that prompted me to write a couple pages um, where I reframed the entire experience from my point of view and my satisfaction and my enjoyment with this process and how good it felt to like, this time there was no question. I wasn't going to ask her her input to guide the session. I was going to trust my intuition and put together the session that felt right. And that's what I did. And the impact of it on her almost distracted me from how fucking badass and cool it is that I did that. You know, like I made this. I I was the one that allowed the intuition to flow so that you know, I could put together that we're going to focus on her water energy and that the previous intuition that had guided me to buy that book of the book of water and all of the pieces that came together, the last minute idea to pull the tarot cards that just added one more layer of consistency and power and potency to this message of the healing and wisdom that is present inside each of us through our water energy. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very powerful moment of shifting the focus away from the impact I had on other people back to the impact I had on myself, the building of my self-trust, the experience of my own intuition, the satisfaction of knowing that I can count on my intuition. The evidence of her excitement was perfect. It was the perfect evidence of my own ability. It wasn't the end all be all. Like I was originally treating her excitement as the main thing that I got out of that experience, that it was so fun to see her so excited by the end of the call. But I can't control her reaction to what my intuition has me put together. And really the trick that I focused on after our session yesterday was going back inward to focus into the satisfaction of my side of that interaction because she made it really easy to get caught up in her side of it because she was so excited and so resonating with everything we were talking about and rarely, but sometimes they don't react like that, you know, and there are times where people show up and they just don't get it. They don't want to get it. They aren't going to get it. And I don't ever want to lose track of how satisfying it is to let my intuition flow through me just because somebody else isn't having the reaction that I think they should have. 
So it felt really good to bring my center of focus back inside myself and allow, you know, my satisfaction with exercising my intuition and trusting my intuition to be the star of the show, to be the center point of how satisfying that reading was. It was satisfying because it impacted her in a positive way, but it was more satisfying because I'm learning and trusting my abilities and finding joy in getting to do what feels truly aligned with my soul. That's really the takeaway from my event yesterday for me. So obviously I was meant to share that because I did, um, get a little sip of coffee and then I'm going to read the cards for today, which I absolutely adore. The question I asked my cards, uh, to pull these three are, what are the takeaways I'm wanting to communicate in this episode? So that brings us to the three tarot cards I've pulled. I always use the Lightseers deck and you can go on my Instagram at owning authenticity to see the pictures of these tarot cards, which I highly recommend because the artistry is like the best part of this deck along with the beautiful book and explanations that it gives us. So the first card, the main takeaways I want out of this episode is Major Arcana Four, the Emperor. The keywords are the divine masculine, authority, power, a natural leader, structure, strategic and analytical thinking, taking action, and promotion. And real quick, I want to stick in here that I do these I I read the cards at the end because I trust that anybody who has listened through the episode up until this point, you've manifested this reading. So I would take it 100% personally, and it's a good one, just foreshadowing for you there. Um, They're all just as good as this card. But yeah, like if you're hearing this, this is a reading, I believe, from source to you in this perfect timing of you receiving this. So as much as you can open up and soak it in. It is a very empowering reading. So back to the emperor, Major Arcana Four. The emperor's message is one of ambitions met and success found. Often seen as the card of the divine masculine, the emperor brings forth a desire to build a better world one brick at a time. Use your mind as well as your heart and rise to power as you lead your own evolution. While becoming your own emperor means infinite possibility for your success, it also means addressing any issues you harbor around authority, control, and willpower. You may need to work your magic within the confines of establishment, but remember that the organizing principles of societies are fluid over time. Remain flexible and keenly aware of your own energetic boundaries and motives. Find opportunities to be of service to others as you build your empire. Step into this fiery energy of success and rise, sweet sweet light seer. Embody confident, compassionate leadership and exercise sovereignty over your own reality. The world is yours. And the affirmation is, I lead the circumstances of my world with confidence, harmony, and generosity. 
think my favorite line in this whole thing is use your mind as well as your heart and rise to power as you lead your own evolution. Mm. And I feel like that sets us up so perfectly. I'm going to go right into the second card, Major Arcana 8, Strength. Keywords are courage, calmness, quiet strength, influence, graceful leadership, gifted healer, purity of thought and heart, spiritual matters, compassion, sometimes lust or animal instinct. Be brave, sweet seer. Embody your light and shine courageously in the face of danger or uncertainty. Step into patience and fierce serenity as you, ex- as you exert your graceful influence for the greater good. There is great fortitude in your calm heart and a gentle demeanor will not be mistaken for weakness when you share your gift of relentless love with the world. Allow confidence and composure to guide you toward your desires without the use of excessive force or aggression. Mindful awareness will be much more useful than rigid control right now. This card reminds you to stand strong in your beliefs and desires and to remain steady as you bring compassion to your current situation. You are powerful. And your purity of heart will be a beacon of strength and inspiration to those around you. The affirmation, I deliberately bring my compassion and my strength forward and I use them for good. And then the third card is Major Arcana 5, the Hierophant. Keywords are tradition, a lesson, spiritual leader or guide, enlightenment, awakening, in service of spirit, formal education or training, and new paradigms. As you search for your divine truth, you create frameworks of belief that help you to expand your consciousness and ground your faith into this reality. If you've been stuck in an old tradition or a structured way of acting or being that is no longer serving you, it is time to let it fall away in order to make space for a better version of you. The Hierophant serves as a gateway between divine source and the seeker to be open to new paradigms, perspectives, and teachers in your life. Look to the patterns around you and strive to understand your own internal compass. Know that while there is wisdom in the teachings of the mystics, the voice of your own heart is the one voice that matters the most. Find the wisdom of the heavens within. The affirmation, I am my own guru, and the guidance I need is rooted in my faith, my belief, and my unique essence. Again, I feel like these three cards go along with my takeaway from yesterday where it's so easy to get caught up in creating big things outside of ourselves and, you know, even making other people happy. That's something that we're trying to create outside of ourselves. Like yesterday with my client, it felt so good to help 
raise her vibration in that session. That felt amazing. That felt like something that felt so good to get to create. And still at the same time, I feel like the devil card showed up in the perfect time to remind me that anything that I'm creating outside of myself really is just an illusion. The real creation is happening inside, inside of me, in my inner world, in my inner landscape. And in my inner world, I have everything that I need. And to bring my focus and my energy back to center inside of myself as often as possible. Um, maybe I'll close with this. Who knows if it'll be the close. <laughs> I think so at this point, it's hard to say. Um, I was talking with a different client this morning about being a tree and that that's something that she reaches for. That's also something that I reach for. Um, back before I started my spiritual journey, um, a few weeks after I canceled my wedding, I got a tattoo on the right side of my torso that is a tree and it has roots. It has a root system that goes down and it has a watercolor top on the tree. And, uh, I got it because at that time I realized that I was attempting to change who I was to fit into this relationship instead of being who I was and allowing the right relationship to form around me and getting the tattoo of the tree symbolized my commitment to being who I was and standing deeply rooted into my nutrients and letting whatever is coming come and go and not try to cling to any of it, to just stand in my own values, in my own strength, in my own ability to be and let the rest of it be whatever it is. The tree doesn't try to control the blue sky or the stormy sky. The tree doesn't run away when it storms. The tree stands its ground and takes the sunshine and takes the rain and makes the best of all of it. And that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to be that tree. I wanted to, to, to make the best out of all of it, but most of all, to deeply be rooted and secure in who I am and to know my own stillness, to know my own essence and my own consciousness and to be rooted in that. And yesterday's session with that client was a sunny sky. It was a beautiful, a beautiful manifestation that happened on this tree. And, and that was a beautiful thing. And I'm going to be grateful for that, but that isn't the outcome that I need. The outcome that I need is my awareness within myself and my commitment to my work of being happy and managing the energy that's flowing through my system and taking care to work my way through any blocks that are forming or present in my system. And that is my work. That is, you know, going back to Major Arcana 5, the Hierophant, like everything that I need, every bit of divine wisdom that I need or that any of us needs 
already exists inside of ourselves. You know, we, it's easy when we're physical to get distracted by what's going on in the physical reality that our senses can see and hear and smell and taste and touch. It's easy to get distracted by those things, but that's not where our spiritual wisdom comes from. That's not where soul level healing comes from. Those things only happen when we turn inward and we pay attention to our emotions and our emotional body and by extension, probably our pain body. So kind of going full circle with that concept of when we think about strength, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to categorize strength as far as physical brute force. Are we talking physical muscles? Are we talking, you know, being able to bench press 300 pounds? Um, Cause I can tell you right now, I can't, I don't even, I probably couldn't even bench press a hundred pounds, but I do possess strength. I, I possess a type of emotional strength, a type of strength that is maybe not always excited to look at the pain that I'm holding, but is strong enough and willing enough to look at it, to participate in my own healing, to work with my pain body as much as I need to, to exercise my pain body so that the pain can be less. I I don't shy away from that, or at least I intend not to. Um, it seems like, you know, the tightness in my shoulder is telling me that I did carry around some pain. There was some energy that I did not allow to flow for long enough that it's now lodged in my shoulder. So could I be more sensitive? Yeah. (laughs) Could we all always be more sensitive to our, to our energetic internal world? Uh, yeah. But is the goal to be perfect? No. Is the goal to get better and better and better? Yes. Our internal awareness. That is, that is the muscle that I'm building. That's the, that's the strength that I'm trying to accumulate is the strength to face the reality of my internal world. And if there's something unpleasant inside my internal world, I want to work with that pain until I've healed it. And just like the car accident where I was injured and so I learned the physical therapy exercises to heal that wound, then I possess those exercises. I possess that ability to heal. I possess that ability for self-regeneration. And I can exercise those tools then anytime I want. So while pain is temporary, the tools that we learn to handle the pain belong to us forever. And not only do we use those tools to soothe our own pain, but we can teach those tools to others. And we can show them how to ease their own pain by learning how to use these tools. So it is all all part of this bigger interconnected energy soup that we are all a part of, I have no doubt that the people who are ready to learn these tools that I am sharing on my podcast episodes, they are finding their way to these episodes in the perfect time, in the perfect place in their lives where these are the messages that they are reaching for. They are ready and they are hearing those messages through these episodes. And I am honored to be such a vessel. Um, I'm honored to activate and help build confidence in others who are also vessels. Like if you're listening to this right now, you're a vessel. I'm here to tell you. (laughs) 
and letting this energy flow through you, it will have the same effect on others that these episodes are having on you. You are the same. You are able to impact with your energy the same as you're being impacted by my energy. Um, We're all in this together and that influence, those ripple effects, they create a more positive world one person at a time. So I love getting to do this. I love having this space to create this energy, to deposit this energy into this time capsule of a podcast episode so that anybody at any time going forward, they can pop into this space. They can align vibrationally with this energy and they can hear an out loud version of what this energy sounds like. And through that, practice this high, good feeling energy a little bit more for yourself. And just by doing it, I practice this energy a little bit more for myself. So we're starting off with a win and the ripple effects of win, 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 win of following what your soul wants from you. It's, it's endless and it's infinite in your ability to impact the healing of everything, the healing of mass consciousness, simply by doing your own internal work. It's so powerful. Your happiness is so powerful. The light that you shine in the world just by being happy is so powerful. (laughs) That's why I say my soul's work is to be happy, to, to build happiness within myself, because that's not as simple as it sounds. There's a lot of healing that goes into that. So really my soul's work is my, my soul's healing. Um, but to the means of being happy more and more of the time. And I love that this podcast is such a powerful tool in me getting to practice my way into a better and better feeling vibration. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for joining and contributing your energy into this space. And I look forward to hearing from you if that's something that feels right. Owningauthenticity at gmail.com. You email me anytime. But until next time, dear friends, I thank you so much for being here. I hope you take really, really good, yummy, delicious care of yourselves. And so will I.